Hello and welcome to the Veterinary Journal Club podcast. I'm excited to have a, a new guest on the show today, Dr. Elliot Grossman. Welcome. Hello. And uh, Dr. Grossman is an intern, so he's been a veterinarian for how many days? 73 days? I'm not counting the days, but it's been two months or two so. Two months, yeah. I yeah. probably was pretty close on my 70-something days. Um Regular listeners will be sad to know Topher's not here because we're just like doing this at work and Topher's working at his regular job. So um, you're not going to have, it's not, the, it's not going to be produced as well is really what, be I'm, fun. Is what I'm be. saying. Oh, it'll be fun. Uh, just the production quality may, if it's not what you want, please don't write in um, and tell him cause he'll get a big ego. Um, yeah, Topher will. So um, I didn't really prep you for what we were going to talk about today. No, I got like a page of a little journal article, uh, a letter to the editor. And yeah. I said, read this. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to discuss. I'm excited. So what, what, is, what did I give you to read? Uh, the title here is Anatomic Veterinary Usage, Discussion Around Technical Nomenclature Versus Jargon, which is already a very wordy title. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the author? Perez Casanova. Yeah. PM. Yeah. So... This um, this came up in uh, an issue of the Journal of Veterinary Medical Education, and it caught my eye, um, and I read it, and I had thoughts about it, um, and I've worked with Elliot now long enough to suspect that he would also have thoughts, my, maybe not the same thoughts that I would have, um, but I thought it would just be a fun springboard for discussion and some things that I've been thinking about for actually a long time, and um, and thought this might be a good avenue to chat about it. And I thought you would be a good sparring partner. Um, potentially. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll s- exactly. So it, this may be the last time you ever come on the show. <laughs> last uh, time I work in the hospital. Yeah, it could be that. Yeah. Um, so can you just give like just a brief summary of it? Like you said, it's just a one pager. But like what, what was what was the gist of it? Yeah, it seems like this person would prefer if everybody were to use um, Latin terms because they are specific to exactly what you're talking about. Everyone can use the same term, easier to understand, no need for, you know, this kind of in-between medical speak um, with like various jargon that might be different different hospitals that like, oh, the honeycomb, well, what is that exactly? Like maybe you use that regularly at this hospital, everyone who works here knows, but maybe that's not going to fly in California or something like that. Right, right. Um. So what was your immediate reaction to it? I am generally opposed, I think. I mean, there's so many Latin terms that are like unnecessarily complex, even just to say, like how many mm-hmm. how many syllables do I have time to say in this situation? You know? Yeah. And yeah. like, yeah, I could be specific. Like, and if I was talking about a specific muscle, I'd probably refer to that muscle by name. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think it's like widely enough applicable that you can you don't have to say i don't know some examples here musculus flexor digitorum superficialis if i just wanted to say like i don't know superficial digital flexor i mean it's like yeah similar yeah and you know it gets the same meaning across but i like didn't have to <laughs> struggle through four words of three syllables or more each yeah so for me there was a couple things is like just what jargon is. Um, and like the, the definition of jargon is a, you know, specialized language that only a select few people know. 
And I think there's there's two takeaways from this. Um, and so if you're using terminology that is unique to your clinic or your hospital, and you say that, and if you were to go to a different clinic, they would have no idea what you mean. Like, yes, that would be considered, you know, very specific jargon. And I agree that that's probably potentially worrisome. Not um, helpful. Not um, helpful. I mean, it right. might be good in your own clinic. But right. You but you need, need to be this. aware of that. You don't need this yeah. to be like, if you're going to put it in the medical record or something like right. that, then right. no one's going to understand what right. you're talking about. Then that's problematic. But the other thing that this brought up for me was all of the things that we do in medicine or so many of the things we do rely on jargon that I think is absolutely unnecessary. So like what? question for you. Well, first I want to, I want to okay. ask, have you ever said or heard anybody in the profession use the phrase or something similar to use your doctor words? I have, and I am pretty much diametrically opposed to that. Yeah. Drives me bonkers. Um, and it didn't used to, I will fully admit that I have been told that was not bothered by it. I have said those words in my, in my past. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I now believe that uh, I was totally wrong and that it, it, it's really dumb. <laughs> the running joke that I hear is like, well, you're paying so much for this education. You might as well use the fancy words we're teaching you. And right. it's like, ha ha, I guess. So what is your problem with using the fancy words? Well, there's like, it just kind of highlights the difference between the uh, doctor and the client. You know, yeah. like if you practice using all these fancy pants words all the time, then like when you try to explain something to some, like a pet owner, they're not going to know what you're talking about. Right. They'll have no idea. And like yeah. this kind of goes hand in hand with something that you observe in vet students um, where they have, they don't believe that they know anything. They don't think that they have right. learned anything. They're like, I, I, there's so much left to know. I must not have absorbed anything. But yeah. like, you know, you forget the simple things, you know, like it's been so long since I've thought of a trachea mm-hmm. as like a windpipe. Right. You know, and like if you say trachea, a lot of people aren't going to know what you're talking about. Right. And like, you know, maybe I'm writing this uh, discharge trying to give you instructions about, I don't know, something to do with your pet in particular. And if I say trachea for some reason, you might be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to nod along, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to, you know, I think that's right the, over my head. I think that's the important thing that a lot of people don't realize is that a lot of clients will, for whatever reason, be overwhelmed or ashamed or embarrassed to admit that they don't know what that is. Or especially they just if don't think it's worth the time or the, to yeah, figure it out. Yeah, but they, they won't ask you if they don't know mm-hmm. what a trachea is. Maybe they'll Google it later. Maybe they won't. Um, but... Yeah, so that's a problem is that you spend all this time learning a new language and then you're having to translate back. My question is, what is the advantage to calling it a trachea versus all of us calling it a windpipe? I don't see any particular advantage. And, and there, I think there are circum- circumstances where there is if you're referring medical to like language. A specific part of the windpipe, maybe you're like, this is the trachea versus this is, you know, the bronchi. But like, when does the windpipe start and stop? Right. Maybe. But at some point it has to have a, a purpose. So if you're using technical um, terminology that doesn't have a corollary in general speak, like that word doesn't exist in, you know, just a general out there in the world, people would be like, there's, there's not a word for that. Then yeah, we need to have, we need to have a word for some of those things. But why is epistaxis a word that we use? What is, does it mean, does it convey any information other than nosebleed? And I don't think it does. If anybody's listening and you're like, oh, actually, but it, it totally, but like it means nosebleed. And everybody who speaks English knows what a nosebleed is. Mm-hmm. 
and they don't know what epistaxis is, but they are 100% synonymous as far as I know. Like the, there's no additional information conveyed with the word epistaxis that is not also conveyed with nosebleed. And so, but you know, I've heard people say, and again, myself, like, yep, what, what, use your doctor words for that. And it's like, but why? Yeah, there's a lot of- Why can't we just use the old There's a lot of phrases like that too. Mm -hmm. And I think Hemoptysis. Yeah, but you hit the nail on the head, I think, because- the, a lot of jargons, and if you, you read a little bit about that, the point of having jargon is to separate yourself from you know another group. We want to be this elite group, and we are the only ones that understand this language. And think, is that really what we're aiming for, yeah, I <laughs> right? I feel like the biggest reason in my mind for why I would encourage somebody to use their doctor words is so that other doctors who might look down on them wouldn't do so. And I don't think that's yeah. a good thing, but yeah. you know, if you want to portray yourself in like a more elevated position that people are like, you know, if this person knows what they're talking about and you like need to impress people, like yeah. that might be the case. I, I might disagree with you there because I think that if I know what I'm talking about and I present it with a lot of confidence that I could say nosebleed. And I think I will garner just as much respect from the people whose respect I want mm -hmm. as I would if I say epistaxis. And if somebody will look at me and say, oh, I don't think she knows what she's talking about. She never once said epistaxis. All she said was nosebleed. Honestly, your respect means nothing to me. I think like it's if, a different you know? perspective. For I sure. Mean, you know, you've been in practice for... right. Right. A longer period of time for a lot of you're trying like, to establish yeah exactly that. especially if you're working among like more established peers yeah i think that you know people might not look when down you haven't on developed you that confidence yet too said nosebleed for example yeah. but like you know they're expecting you they're expecting yeah. something different but again i think that's the, the the part that i find really interesting is that expectation of an elitism almost right oh, yeah. like i you're agree saying, that it's oh, not this is an elite person yeah. and so yeah i'm trying to like actually i haven't said the words use your doctor words in a very long time i'm very proud of that yeah it's very it's um, pretty patronizing it's incredibly <laughs> condescending and and not just to that person but the whole concept of it yeah oh like, there are words that only doctors use let's use your big boy words right like, okay it's wow. kind of it's kind of ridiculous um and why are we trying to create a language that the regular public can't understand what is the benefit to that i actually want my clients to understand everything I say, the more they understand, mm -hmm. the better this is, the better care um, we can together provide for their pet. We can have a better relationship. Compliance is probably going to be better. And so everything we do to separate ourselves and to make it harder for us to communicate with them is not benefiting yeah, it's our already, ultimate goal. It's already complicated. Right, you know, exactly. We don't need to invent a new using, language. Yeah, fancy new words you never um, And I realize we haven't, we're not like, oh, let's come up with a new word for these things. We use the Maybe words we that should, have been, though, but yeah, no, we think? shouldn't, no new words. We have plenty of words. I want to go back. I want to shrink the vocabulary. That's what I want to do. I think do. we should start using gobbledygook to mean something specific. To mean something I love specific, that word. yeah. I would love it is a really good word. Now, now to the, you know, this letter to the editor, there might be terms terms like if up versus down versus dorsal and ventral like those actually do convey different meanings it's like if you're giving directions and you use right and left versus east and west mm -hmm. like east and west is actually it's going to give you more information than saying right and left so if you get turned around so i do understand that there are times when using those terms does convey additional specific information that is medically necessary like we knew we do need to have some of these terms um but i also think you know, one, 
there, I think we need to examine whether or not those terms are conveying additional information, mm. right? If we're saying we need, you have to use this term versus that term, is it really conveying useful additional specific information? Or are we just saying it because we got caught into this whole, hey, we all got to use the, our, our doctor, our jargon, actually. We have to, we're using jargon um, to make sure other people can't understand what we're saying. What's interesting, though, about the not. jargon is like even the things that, you know, once you're a doctor, you don't think of as like, oh, well, mm -hmm. this is like a fancy, interesting yeah. term. Like no, it is. one that I see all the time that uh, can be misunderstood is Frank Blood. We talk about, <laughs> oh, Frank yeah. Blood. You know, Who's is there blood? Frank Blood in the stool? My name is not and Frank. And then, you know, if you're a client, you're like, what are you, what do you even mean? Yeah. And then, you know, what you, I mean is you blood. watch a student try to like explain it to the client and they're like, well, you know, Frank Blood as opposed to, uh, uh, and you're like, Melina, you're, you're like yeah, you're, you're right. That is just blood. You're like changed mm -hmm. your mind about like how you mm -hmm. think about it to yourself, like how you've always heard it presented this way. Frank yeah. blood, Frank blood, you know, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's hard to take a step back and be like, what I mean is like red, bright red blood. Yeah. But even, even something as simple as abdomen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thorax. Or like that we systemic. just take for granted. Yeah. Oh gosh, I struggle with that one though. It's so hard to say. You're like, like throughout the body. I was like widespread throughout the body. Yeah, it does. It, like that one. If again, if I'm Saves talking to another words. doctor, mm -hmm. that increases efficiency. Or the other example I think that is really helpful is like when you're talking about a neurologic patient and you've got a spinal cord lesion and they are a T3 L3 myelopathy para paraparesis or non ambulatory paraparesis. That's really efficient way to convey a lot of information. Yeah. And, um, and so that's like a lot it, it is, but that's useful. I'm not going to say that to the client, obviously. Yeah. Um, but so there are times when, when this language is beneficial and it helps us either convey specific information to one another or be more precise or more efficient. And then yes, I, I am on board with that. Careful about being like trapped in phrases though. You know, yeah. if we present something the same way every time, every time, like people are going to know what it means. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, for example, with CPR, um, yeah. People talk about like plural space disease. And yeah, maybe your student might be able to like mimic like, oh, we don't do, you know, CPR in patients with plural space disease. Okay. Plural space disease. Blah, blah, blah. I get it. Plural space. Yeah. Yeah. But like, what is that? And they're mm -hmm. like, um. Oh, yeah. Uh, and you're like, okay, you know, well, clearly I didn't we, explain this well enough. We need to do better. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, it's a really good point where I, I'll ask, I, I've gotten to where I ask a lot of, well, I ask a lot of questions. Anybody who's ever been one of my students knows that that's one of my, Dreads. it's the Socratic method. They don't dread it. They love it. <laughs> they all love it. They they look forward to it every they, day. They ask for it. Please um, grill me. Ask me more questions. Some of them do. It's, it's happened before. No, I haven't met any. No. I'm not saying they've graduated. Know, they've been any. successful mm -hmm. and they've graduated. They're, they're off they in their grades. careers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's right. That's you're done. You can go home now. Um, he wanted another question. That's right. Give him but I do doctorate. ask a lot of questions, but it's funny how, when I start asking the most basic things that we all just accept and understand. And I'm like, well, what does that mean? And it's like, uh. mm -hmm. but no, no, no Stop one's it. asked Don't me that ask before. Me that. Not only has no one asked me, I've never questioned it. Mm -hmm. And again, I was the same way. Um, I, they, I definitely just took on faith all the things that I was taught and just like, yep, yep, yep. Um, but then you start asking like, well, why do we do that? Or what does that actually mean? What are we doing when we do that? Um, and then you start to, you start to really think about it. It's like, oh yeah, what, what in fact is that? Or why do we do that? Um, yeah, there's a lot that's taken for granted. There is so much. And that and thing is the, yeah, like, it's the dangerous. kind of the double-edged sword mm -hmm. of clinics mm -hmm. and the clinical experience when you're in your fourth year veterinary school, medical school, whatever yep. you like, 
you know, you know a lot, mm-hmm. but the point is to find out what you don't know. Right. You know, the whole point, every clinician, every doctor who's trying to help you is trying to pick at this armor that yeah. you've built of your <laughs> knowledge and find like, where is it weak? And yeah. that's like a supportive thing. Like we're trying yeah. to help. We want to know like what needs to be filled in before you go out there and like yeah. fight in this war that Fill is whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> weird, weird analogy. But anyway, uh, but then it also feels bad, you know, like yeah, you're can. a student and you're like, oh, I always feel like all my answers are wrong. It's like, well, that's because we ask you questions until right. you are wrong. It doesn't do us any good to yeah. just be like, let's keep asking you the easy questions. Well, you already know that. That's a waste of our time. We only have a little bit of time. We're trying to get to the point where you. Yeah, we want to make you not, awesome. We're not trying to make you feel dumb, but like no. it sometimes it feels that lot. way. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I think I got used to feeling dumb a long time ago and I just like, yeah, there's a there's so out there that the collective we the grand capitalized uh we don't know and that's kind of it's humbling but it's freeing as well to just be like cool i am comfortable in the not knowing Mm -hmm. and that it's okay that i don't know everything um i keep trying i keep trying to learn more stuff and you know not repeat the same mistakes um and i do like to question everything the basic things something that students Um, have a hard time with especially like with a client, you know, you're like, you just don't want to say, I don't know. Yeah. You want to, you, there's like this pressure. You're like, yep. should I make something up? Like, no, I shouldn't make something up. Definitely but, not. Yeah. Definitely not. But like, no. you know, I'm sure that thought goes through everybody's yeah. head and you're like, no, 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 just say that you don't know. And they're like, oh, okay. One of like, the things I'll look that this I, up. yeah, I'll get back to you. Exactly. You know? That's One of what the they things... want. They want the truth. You know? Yep. I think saying, I don't know helps to build trust with a client in a way that few other things do. Yeah. Um, I have learned that over the years, uh, that if you don't know something, one, trying to BS your way through it, mm-mm, Never. people can generally tell. Um, and so their trust has just gone down. I think, I think she's making things up right now. Um, <laughs> and if you go think that when you're telling the truth too, they might, um, <laughs> As long as you know you're not like I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, like you yeah. can you can think I'm lying. I feel comfortable that I am not you know willfully telling you something that's not true. But it's really liberating, I think, for you and for them. Like they know you're human, right? Like they know that um, you are, can't possibly know everything, and you're just like, yeah, I'm stumped on this one. Mm-hmm. But I think what you said was also important as you follow up with like, here's what I'm going to try to do about that. Like, Definitely. here's the next steps. It's not like I don't know. Best of luck to see you. you um, yeah. Bummer. Too bad you didn't get a better doctor. <laughs> like, man, you should see you next door. They're really right. Good. They're really smart over there. I guess if you're trying to like cut back on your caseload, you could, you could try the, it might work. It might be terrible. They might be like, this doctor's great. Yeah, I can relate um, to that. Yeah. But, um, but so no, you always, I always follow up with, I don't know, here's what I'm going to do. Or, you know, here's, here's my thought process. Like, I don't know. Here's my theories. Um, I like sharing my theories and, and clients really like hearing them. Um, they don't, you know, and I can just, the average client is actually really smart and can understand all of these things. If you avoid too much jargon, Mm -hmm. right? If you just talk about it in ways, because, you know, they've lived. And a lot of this stuff you can just apply to your normal life. And you're like, this stuff makes sense. Yep, I understand that. And if we just talk to them like regular people without trying to create this barrier, uh, this language barrier, because that's really what it is, right? It's like Mm -hmm. trying to, you know, have a conversation with somebody who speaks a different language than you. It's really hard. Why would we intentionally create that situation when we we can build more trust and explain things and get the clients like on our side and be like, okay, we're all on the same team. We're working toward the same goal of trying to make, you know, your pet feel better. And let's just use words that we all understand. But more even than just talking to clients, like talking amongst ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
Think of all the brain space we could free up. Think of all the brain space we could save up if we just deleted, you know, 30% of the the words that we learned that have no value added by, by, by creating these or by using these synonyms. And I don't know, I I just made that 30% up obviously, but Mm -hmm. it it might be more, um, it might be more than 30% that we could just delete from our lexicon. And, um, I just think of the brain space, man, how cool would that be? How many more things could I understand if I didn't have to learn all these terms? At least two. Probably maybe three. (laughs) What I think is like, you know, obviously doctors are thought of as like pretty smart people, you know? And yeah, there's a lot to know about it, but like, it's not like it's much different from any other specialized field, you know, right. like, exactly. I know a lot about medicine. I know nothing about my own car, you yeah, know, like exactly I am right. helpless at a yeah. mechanic and, but you they're going to have jargon too. They have jargon too. And it's like, you know, I think that it can be helpful for some doctors maybe to visualize themselves in a place where they're not that comfortable. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, well, you know, this person is coming to me and obviously they're not going to understand everything. You need to like, yeah. Dumb it down Have for me. That, but we, even yeah. that phrase, dumb it down. No, you're not dumbing it down. Rude. You're translating. Mm-hmm. Don't dumb it down for them. No, you're not making it dumber. Stupid it up. <laughs> but really what you're doing is saying, hey, why don't I bring you in this and take down these language barriers and, and we can have a conversation about, but, but people will say that. Okay, how about in plain language? Mm-hmm. In plain language, what's, what does this actually mean? Yeah. And have you really lost anything? Have you really lost any meaning when you switch it to a plain, commonly understood language. And I would argue that in the vast majority of cases, you haven't really lost much. Almost never. Yeah. And like, you know, even if we were talking about cranial, caudal, yeah. lateral, dorsal, ventral, whatever. Yeah. Toward the nose, toward the tail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can- <laughs> and like, even if it's not always like... The most you know, efficient. Yeah. If I could say like dorsal, I could say like on his back, you know, yeah. and like mm-hmm. maybe that's not what dorsal means every single time. But in this situation, yeah. that's exactly... I, like, I can yeah. articulate what I mean without having to use these things that aren't going to be understood. Yeah. It's funny because we say dorsal and caudal and things like that, but then we still stick with right and left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is a little funny. Not like port and starboard. I think we should uh, <laughs> start it up. I don't even know what that's if that's necessarily anyway. Port is left. But right, isn't that weird? We're like cranial and caudal, but we stick with right and left. But right left is also there. Still has to be a, a I guess a fixed point of reference, mm-hmm. which is true for cranial and caudal. Um, yeah, I don't know. East and West. I'm going to start using East and West <laughs> on the Eastern, port, port on the Eastern are much side. More uh, applicable here. Are they? Yeah. Cause what if your dog is standing East to West, you know, it's confusing. Right. You need to like, well, if you're going to orient your dog the same way every single time. I actually time, don't know what port and starboard, like I, yeah, I don't know. The way that I remember port is left. If you're facing front forwards on the ship. Okay. Cause they're both shorter words uh-huh. Four letters, you know, there you gotcha. go. Starboard is on the right side. But that's if you're facing the front of the ship. Yeah. If you're facing so basically bow? that's giving you the point of reference. Yeah, that I <laughs> the front. We're gonna say front. The cranial portion of the yeah, ship. The nose, the pointy part. Um depends on the boat. Often. Um, but usually, yeah, that's probably true. So but yeah, so you're not gonna say left and right because that depends on your point of reference. But yeah. we could just decide right and left is always based on a certain like for animals, it's always based on your point of reference, right? Yeah. Much harder the for animals about right a starfish. Or left. That is challenging. And they're not starfish. Yeah, sea star. There you go. I remember that. No need to be pedantic. <laughs> um, but it's it's actually one of those things. It's not a star. That's why things get renamed all the time too. We We're like, start, oh, we have to rename goals. things. Don't call them seagulls. There's no such thing as a seagull. No? Talk to a birder. Yeah. I didn't know that. Goals. They're just goals? They're goals. And then there's why specific kinds. Call them there's seagulls? a greater blackback goal. You might have a laughing goal. Where did the term goal. seagull come from? I don't know. 
it's a you know common term. You know, where did the term wind puffs come from? Windpipe. Wind puffs. This is I a horse term. Oh, I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is either. But there's it a lot wind of like puff. Yeah, wind puff. Oh, it's a horse term. There's. I think it's like a swelling of some uh, joint space. Huh. There's so many. If I've ever bone, learned that in his spavin, long bog spavin. Bog spavin is a great term. I don't remember Sounds what it great. means at all. Nope. But it does sound like. Like the moody background music <laughs> from like an, I don't know some Stephen King movie that book that's been turned into a movie I don't know Boggs Bat it's yeah. spooky it sounds like it does oh, sound man, yeah I don't want that going on in my horse right <laughs> right thorough pin um there are some fun words but you you also brought something up earlier about how you don't realize how how much of this you've learned and when I was a fourth year vet student I was on my equine medicine rotation which is you know not my comfort zone right. <laughs> that's not what I do. It wasn't what I did then. Um, but I, you know, I, I was a good student. I worked hard and, um, we had, uh, you know, a horse that was probably several that were, um, you know, in the hospital and they had like these lunchtime rounds that, you know, first and second year, whatever students that were not yet in clinics could come around and you come down and you learn about the cases that are in the hospital, blah, blah. So there was this, you know, little, um, posse of students that had come down to the stables and, um, and I happen to be around for this case. They're like, oh, here, they're coming to learn. Here, present this case. And so I present, you know, the case and I start saying some things. And all of a sudden, somebody, some very brave soul kind of raises their hand. And um, and they're like, what's azotemia? Because I had been presenting like something and yeah. I, I said the word azotemia. And somebody was like, "What? what is azotemia? And that was such an eye-opening moment for me that um, was one, what, what I really thought at the time was like, man, I also didn't know what that word meant just a few years ago. Like yeah. I had no idea. I have learned a whole new language. Um, and I should totally give myself some credit for all the things that I have learned because it really wasn't that long ago that I also didn't know what azotemia was. And it all builds on itself too. Yeah. Like, sorry to interrupt. I remember like, you know, helping out with anatomy and this, mm -hmm. there was like a, a lab medicine talk that I went to and then mm -hmm. um we'd like pointed out some mouse anatomy and you know some of the first years who were just coming in they're like oh what's that organ and i'm like ah that is the spleen yeah you know like and it seems so obvious to me yeah. now and like even the most basic things yep. we didn't know before we got into no. this and it's literally you know for me it's been like four and a half years now yeah a bit just like yeah. That's crazy. So much. So much has changed. It's, and it's all But a lot of it is just language. And it's but it's also incremental. You know, yeah. it's you don't you can't appreciate it because it's all built upon itself. So like right. where did the bottom even start? You yeah. Know? Yeah. But it's also unrealistic to expect that your clients or somebody who doesn't know this is gonna learn this in, I don't know, a ten minute conversation. Well they'd better. <laughs> right. But like you took four and a half years to get to this point and um What's but, taking yeah. them so long? Right? Ugh, yeah. I mean, they should really be pretty advanced. If if you're the if you're the bar kinda, yeah. that we're setting, mm -hmm. no, for <laughs> right? Me, yeah, yeah, yeah. If that's this is the bar specific, that set. specific to Elliot here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very low bar. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 trying to give people a chance here. Um, but it is. It, it. I just. I. I do wonder though if we could spend less time on just teaching the language. Yeah. Did you want to finish up something on the Asian thing? No, I think that was the main point was like, you've, we've learned a lot. Um, and we don't always give ourselves credit for that. So that I usually tell that story in the context of like, dude, you've learned a lot. You don't realize mm -hmm. because it's now become almost second nature for you to just rattle off words like azotemia. Um, and if you ever forget that, like, you know, to, wherever you are in your training, talk to somebody who has less training or talk to like lay people, family members, and just start rattling off and radiographs what it, you know, my husband finally knows what that means, but only after so many times of, of him being like, what, 
<sighs> like, and the pedantic people are like, well, it's not an X-ray. The X-ray is the thing that shoots out. And blah, like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, cares? I know. Like, But do you know what we're talking about? Oh, you do? Oh, <laughs> interesting. So maybe you can leave a B. Because hmm. um, that is the other thing. You're like, technically, and you're like, okay. As soon as you start a phrase with technically, you're about to be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm not that I, I, I've definitely done that too. Well, technically, um, I'm kind of that way with grammar. Ugh. Call me out on a starfish earlier. I did. I totally did. I would do um, the same thing. Yeah. Well, Animals I mean, it's, have it's, a, it's a conversation about jargon. That's true. Um, but I knew exactly what you were talking about when you said starfish. Did you? I did. Oh. Well, there was a student. Unless you okay. were thinking of something that was neither a starfish nor a sea star. <laughs> In which case, then I'm out. I no, got no, nothing. I wasn't. I wasn't. Um, something else that I was thinking about yeah. is that, you know, this kind of like technical thing, like all it does is separate you from the clients, like mm -hmm. what we're talking about. And like, I think that sometimes there is a misunderstanding, like the clients and the doctors are on the same team. Mm -hmm. You know, we want, yeah. everybody wants the best for this yes. pet. And like, sometimes that can be hard to feel or see. Yeah. And like having like any amount of connection more that you could yeah. have, like understanding, yeah. like we want you to know what's going on. Yeah. We want you to like, feel secure with mm -hmm. these things and like using can, a common language might help <laughs> yeah be like i want we want to be on the same level like there's no there's no yeah. benefit to me like any of that absolutely and i just thought of like for me like a, a an illustration of that like if you've ever been having a conversation with somebody or trying to and you don't speak the same language and then you bring Say a third louder. person yeah they, that usually works but then you bring a third person in who does speak their language like their whole demeanor just changes right like their body language changes okay yes like i can we can be part of this now and i mean that's just like nobody's fault, right? You have two people who don't speak the same language, but you can see if anybody's ever seen that, ever witnessed the physical change in somebody when a, a person comes along who speaks their language and the automatic instant increase in comfort they have. Mm -hmm. And we can do that right now. Like we could just decide as medical professionals we that we want to speak the same language as our clients, um, unless they they are speaking something other than for me English. <laughs> if you come in and, and you're and, yeah yeah, if you come in and you're speaking Greek, I'm going to struggle with that. But um, although we might maybe some of the medical jargon will make it easier. Honestly, <laughs> it's yeah. got the Latin roots. Good point. So you know, in and that case, roots. in that case, maybe. Um, but I think yeah, trying to speak the same language is so important. Um, and so I would encourage those of you out there, um, if you're in a position to chastise somebody and ever say the words, use your doctor words, maybe. Maybe don't. Maybe think twice about that, um, or think, think about why. Times. Yeah, <laughs> even three times, um, and say what? Why? Why? Like, what is that achieving? Um, and also, even if you do like that sentiment is what you want, maybe choose a different phrasing because that one is pretty <laughs> condescending. Um, but hey, is there is you know is there a wording we can use that could be more precise than that? Okay. Yeah fair. Um, but if, if there really isn't increase in, you know, the information conveyed or precision or something like that, maybe, maybe it's not that important. I don't know. So, um, yeah, thank you for coming on and talking about this with me. I'm course, excited. It was that very brave of me. It was very brave. Yes. So brave. Um, I'll pat myself on the back. Yeah. Well, most of the time when people come on the podcast, I'm really mean. <laughs> um, I just berate them the whole time. If you know the listeners know, I was sweating um, bullets earlier. Yeah, for sure. Um, especially cause I didn't really give you any prep. I, as I was setting up the equipment, I was like, read this and that oh, was it. Okay. That I'm not, the, a, the, the scariest thing is I'm not a very fast reader. Oh, I, I get, was like, it takes am me a while I to set things up. I mean, there's a lot of big words in this. 
There, that's true. I skimmed over those words. Not gonna <laughs> lie, I was like, skip, 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 skip. I don't know what these words mean. If it's in italics, you don't need to read it. Yeah. Um, so I, I appreciate you know bringing up the topic and the letter to the editor, but I, I just I wanted to use that as a springboard to kind of say, well, here's the other side of things because um, it wasn't an purpose, obvious one for me. It definitely me. has you know brought about discussion, which I think that's is the point. The goal. Um, so at any rate. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for chatting. Appreciate your perspective. No um, question. No question. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, I think that is probably all um, that we have for this show. But um, thank you again for listening in. And Elliot, I hope you'll come back sometime. Thank you. Thank you.